episode 866. The Green Bay Packers have parted ways with Don Barclay, and now it's time to focus on the bye week and what comes after. To do that, we talk to Andrew Sill of the Packer Force podcast. It's all coming up on Railbird Central next. Good morning, Green Bay Packers fans, and welcome to Railbird Central at Cheesehead TV, the longest tenured Packers podcast on the internet. I'm your host, Brian Caravu, and today we're taking stock of the team at the bye. To do that, we're joined by a guest on the phone. Baltar, find me another expert, one that likes me this time, okay? We're talking to Andrew Sill of the Packer Force Podcast. Andrew, how you doing this morning? Not too bad. How you doing, Brian Space Ghost and Zorak? <laughs> I am a uh, longtime fan of all your work, and I'm really glad to be here. Very good, yes. Uh, <laughs> Space Ghost and Zorak, part of the show, too. I love that. Um, Andrew, uh, we, we had your brothers on the show prior to this. We, we are completing the trifecta, so to speak, of the Packer Force podcast. Is there anything else you'd like to add uh, about the show that our listeners uh, would like to know? I think they did a pretty good job. I would kind of describe us as if HBO did a Packers podcast, except minus all the unnecessary gratuitous nudity. <laughs> Well, that's one way to describe it. Um, Very cool. You guys are doing a good job. Keep it up. Uh, We got a lot to talk about here uh, with the Green Bay Packers as they are on their bye week. And let's start with this, Andrew. We learned some news this week on Aaron Rodgers from, of all places, Conan O'Brien's late night talk show. When we heard Rodgers had 13 screws inserted into his collarbone, or so he says, um, at least one doctor thinks that could potentially lead to a longer rehab. Does this make you more skeptical that Rodgers could return later this season than than we thought originally? Well, I'm glad you led with this because this is kind of probably the easiest question to answer because the answer is I have no clue whatsoever <laughs> and neither does anybody really. It's kind of like if you asked me where we go when we die. <laughs> um, I can't answer that because I'm not God or a prophet. I'm I'm not a doctor. I don't know the jibbery flibbits that they're talking about when they talk about the clavicle, this, that, the screws, how many screws, what does all that mean? Um, I did see a lady saying she was a doctor on Twitter saying it was probably going to be two more weeks and she seems smarter than me. So I'm going to believe her for now. Um, what does that mean for us? Probably not an entire lot. It was always kind of a pipe dream that we were going to have Rodgers coming back at the end of the season, if not the playoffs. I kind of had a sad moment here when I was uh, debating all this in my head, thinking about, well, maybe what if we can get the scenario where we earn a bye week in the playoffs? And that gives Rodgers a little time to heal. But um, I didn't know whether to laugh or cry about that because that bye week scenario was so far down the drain at this point. That's not realistic at all. But uh, it's kind of hard to think about right now because what you have to know is 
that this season, this regular season, is going to be defined by the guy that plays in between Rodgers' injury and Rodgers' return. And you just kind of got to live with that going on. Well, that's an appropriate lead-in to my next question. Uh, Brett Hundley told the media that he'll be staying in Green Bay during the bye week. Does this matter to you, Andrew, or perhaps a better way to phrase it, should this matter to the Green Bay Packers that he made this decision? I mean, sure, it matters. It's a, it's great. It's great politicking. It's what you want to hear out of your guy. You want to hear that he's focused on football. We say that too much, but in this particular case, it's probably true. He needs the extra work. Um, you kind of really hope what happened in this scenario was that he announced it to the media, showed up to the stadium the next day, and the whole offense was there saying, you know what, we're going to stay here with you, and we're all going to get better together. Right now at this moment, they're having a nice little montage of training with an <laughs> 80s music song on in the background. And they're all getting a lot better, but unfortunately what's probably really happened, he's walking around some empty halls, watching some film, taking some dropbacks, throwing long balls into buckets, and if all goes well, maybe he earns one point to add to an attribute of his choice. But um, <laughs> he's doing the right stuff. You like to hear it. He's got a lot to work on. He looked really sloppy in that two-minute drive. Didn't have a great control of the offense. He needs some work on his long ball for sure. And you have to say, if he's the guy for the rest of the season that we saw in that Saints game, we're going to miss the playoffs. He can get better. I think he can and will get better. He's got a lot of work to do, and I'm glad to hear he's in there doing it. But there's still a long way to go for Brett Hundley. Now you've really got me wanting to see this this montage with the 80s music. <laughs> and if there's anybody out there listening to this podcast that can put that together uh, and is very talented, I want to see that. Um Andrew, that running back Aaron Jones won the NFL Ground Player of the Week award on Thursday, and I, I think we're still waiting to hear if he wins Rookie of the Week, uh, for which he was nominated. Um, is this a sign of things to come for Aaron Jones? Man, you would like to hope so. He won Rookie back in Week 5, so he's starting to pile these awards up a little bit already. Um, it's really hard to say with that. He hasn't been in there very long I really think after this bye week in particular, teams are going to start to have a little more film on him. It's going to be a little harder for him to get as free as he has. He's got some great skills. He's got great cuts. He's got great vision and awareness. I love the awareness because you just can't teach that. It's been really pretty. And um, what I particularly loved this last week was that run up the gut for forever because I've known he's had the shiftiness and the quickness and the cuts on the outside. But to see him do the same amount of damage straight up the gut really just got me excited about this kid. And I've always been a big Ty Montgomery guy, and I hope we still get him snaps. But it's impossible not to say that Aaron Jones is the number one running back for the Green Bay Packers right now. That's pretty clear cut. The thing that we're waiting to see is what happens when everybody else in the NFL finds out that Aaron Jones is the number one running back for the Green Bay Packers. Yeah, he he's talented, and uh, I I see big things going forward for him. I, I see just the the same that we've seen so far uh, keep happening uh, for mm -hmm. for the foreseeable future. Um, Andrew, now that Don Barclay's been released, and, and we also assume that the Packers will wait to potentially activate Aaron Rodgers 
from injured reserve. Uh, the Packers can only activate one other player. So I'm telling you to look into the crystal ball. Who's that one other player going to be in addition to Aaron Rodgers? Jason Spriggs, right? I mean, it's it's a weirdly simple question. It seems really deep. Uh, thinking about it, that guy might not be there yet. I, the more and more I really thought about this question, what I came up with was as horrible as it is to say with all the injuries we've had, including the one big injury that you always fear, the most of our injuries that we've incurred this year have been little dinks and dunks. They've been day-to-days and week-to-weeks. We haven't really had many guys go out with the four to six and six to eights and eight to tens. We've been really lucky in that accord. So the guys on the injury reserve list are really thin. Jason Spriggs, who now takes over the guy that you thought was going to come off, we assumed would be Don Barclay, just because we're going to need a healthy body on that offensive line sometime with the revolving door that we have going there. But... I guess Jason's maybe you see like a Dimitri Goodson, but there's just really not much to bring off that list right now. Maybe you hold it for a chance that somebody goes out in one of these next few games that we can bring somebody back more important down the line. But right now you'd almost waste the roster spot trying to acquire a free agent out there or something. Yeah, technically, Dimitri Goodson is in a different category. He's on the pup list, so oh. they're not even like uh, they they could still bring back Dimitri Goodson if they want to, in addition to uh, mm-hmm. Jason Spriggs. So, um, but anyway, that's <laughs> we're we're wading into the weeds here. Um, <laughs> yeah. uh, let's move to the defensive side of the football, um, Andrew. Here's Dean Lowry's stats so far this season as we're nearly at the halfway point. He has nine tackles. He has zero sacks. Has Dean Lowry been a disappointment this year so far? Okay, I have to tell you this, Brian. This was the question I was scared you were going to ask me. (laughs) And here's why. I've had this creeping suspicion in my stomach the whole season that I didn't know this Packers team as good as I usually do, and I don't know why. And I guess I just never put in the work to really break down position by position and look at who it was I didn't know. And this was the guy. You found the guy I don't know, and you asked me the question about him. <laughs> and you know what? It's not my fault. I, I mean, that. go Looking ahead. Looking at him, he has done nothing. I really tried to look for this guy. The last thing I could find anybody saying anything about this guy was like August 5th when McCarthy said that he had the potential to be a breakout player this year. Who was that one wrong? He has looked just like the most mediocre thing, milk toast I've ever seen. It almost scared me to realize he was there. It was like looking through the pictures in a horror movie and you start to see that throughout your life there was a creepy guy in the background that you never noticed there in every significant event in your entire life. And who the hell is this guy? What's he doing there? I don't know. I was to answer your question, when you asked if I was disappointed in him or not, I wasn't because quite frankly I didn't remember he existed. But the more and more I look at what he's done this season, I'm not sure I've been more disappointed in anybody in my life. <laughs> yeah, uh, I know there was a point in training camp there where, like, everybody all of a sudden, he had, like, a big day in practice. I think he, like, the the family mm-hmm. night, he, like, 
stood out that night, and it's been nothing there ever since. Uh, Not you know, a word. So it's it it has been a disappointment to me. Uh, I guess Ooh. there are bigger disappointments than what Dean Lowry's done, but uh, uh, not many. Um, Andrew, how how important is it for the Packers to get some assistance in their pass rush from from injured players like Ahmad Brooks and Vince Beagle after the bye, and and they've had extra time to heal because they all dealt with injuries the first half of the season? i tell you what, it'd be a lot easier if Dean Lowry was showing some presence out there. (laughs) That too. Um, No, but... uh... I think it'd be great if we could get some guys in there doing some things. I was looking at this. I couldn't find uh what is the deal with Montrevious Adams? He just keeps getting, it was speculated he was going to get IR'd, but then he hasn't. He's just been injured every week. Well, he's, he, yeah, basically. I don't think he's he, been injured. He's just been inactive every week. So he's a healthy scratch. Yes. Gotcha. Okay. I wasn't able to find out why the heck he wasn't playing, but. I'd like to see him come play too. But um, I guess what I'm really thinking about this is that I don't think that there are guys out there in that group that are the problem. The rest of this front seven, the other six, they've all been having really good years. From Nick Perry, who's playing great with a Ninja Turtle hand going on. <laughs> um, Jake Ryan is slowly progressing, turning into a better and better football player. Blake Martinez I've heard a lot of comparisons made to this guy, but I think he's becoming an eventual heir to A.J. Hawk because he's just got such a high motor and such a high level of consistency that you see play and play out from this guy. Clay Matthews having a great year, at least by his recent standards, better year than he's been having in a long time. Then you got the other guys down in front. you got Big Kenny Clark, who is just stunting out all the time. And you've got... Um, Who am I forgetting? Mike Daniels. How could I forget Mike Daniels? Oh, yeah, he's been dealing with injuries, but he's going to get back there, and he's going to be a force, of course. You've got to be scared about that guy. It'd be great to have some other guys provide some healthy bodies, be some little switch hitters, fresh legs, this and that, get going, get into the system and integrated, but it's still going to take away snaps from those other guys half the time, and those are guys that you want on the field. Fair enough. Uh, yeah, I mean, we want the guys like Clay Matthews and Nick Perry to be out there and being productive, so uh, hopefully they will be. Uh, another injury question for you, Andrew. Uh, guys in the secondary like Morgan Burnett, Devon House, Kevin King, they've all missed time this season due to injury. How much will it help to have them all available at the same time after the bye? Okay, and this is kind of a weird workaround answer, but... um. I've got a best friend who I played Madden with, and we played Madden way too much for a lot of years. And we play defense. We play a two-man covers or a man cover two all the time, and we play safeties. We're back there. He's HaHa Clinton Dix. I'm Morgan Burnett, which is really fun for me because he's a Bears fan, but the Bears suck, so we always roll with the Packers. <laughs> and... um what I can tell you that I've learned from that is that when you're two guys playing a zone, you are 100% better at the game of football when you have chemistry with the other guy playing the zone. And you know when you're going to switch and you know when he's going to blitz or what you need when you've got trips and he's got single and who's going to cover who and what you're going to do. And the Packers do so much zone coverage that 
it would just massively help every person in the defensive backfield to get some consistency, to get some chemistry, to get some flow going, to feel, to know the guy next to you is going to do this when this happens and this and that. And with all the injuries and all the switching around and the moving and Morgan Burnett is playing linebacker half the time, who knows what's going on. I think maybe Dom outthinks himself a little bit of the time. If you noticed, our big picks in this last game came from when we played simple man coverage. But we're not going to get Dom to stop doing that anytime soon. So, yeah, I think getting our guys all together and having some consistency out there massively going to help our guys. Nice anecdote from Madden Football. I'm not sure I expected to learn anything from that, but uh, you, you tied it up together pretty well. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Last question here, Andrew, before we let you go. The Packers lead the NFL in special teams penalties. How much of a concern is this? Um, Pretty slim to none, I have to be honest. I think it'll get taken care of. I don't think it's going to kill us that much. I think we've got much bigger concerns. It seems kind of like a fluky thing. It's been kind of sloppy back there. Trevor Davis has brought out some kicks that he definitely not should have done yeah but um i think it'll be fine i think zook's a pretty good coach i think he'll get it together although i do have to admit i have had my doubts about ron zook i work as a bartender at a country club down here in springfield illinois and a couple years back when he was the coach of u of i he would come for uh fundraisers and such he would always have his people call ahead and make sure that we stocked natural light for him. <laughs> and I don't know how much you, the listener, know about natural light. I unfortunately know way too much because I'm not a very wealthy person. I've drank way more than everybody's fair share of the stuff. But if you have Big Ten head coach money to call ahead to a place to make sure that they have the worst beer imaginable on stock for you is kind of insane. So while I think he might be a good coach, there's also a chance that he's just weird and evil and he's going to drag us all to the ground with him. <laughs> that is quite a story. Um, Andrew, thank you so much for uh, entertaining us today and uh, mm -hmm. and informing us as well. I greatly appreciate it. Packer Force Podcast is available on Podbean, correct? That is correct, sir. We will direct our listeners there to check you out to listen to more. So thanks so much. Uh, happy to complete the Packer Force uh, trifecta and uh, keep up the good work. All right. Absolutely, Brian. The Packer Force is here whenever you need us. All right. Take care. All right. You too, buddy. Andrew Sill of the Packer Force podcast joining us here at Railbird Central on a Friday morning. Glad to have him joining us. Glad to have you, the listener, join us as we continue on with the show. Alright, so to provide context on Aaron Rodgers and his appearance on Conan, we know Rodgers said he had 13 screws inserted into his broken collarbone, but in a subsequent article written for ESPN by reporter Jason Wilde, who reached out to Rodgers via text, and the response was, quote, It's TV. Sometimes you exaggerate and sometimes you tell the truth. End quote. Uh, 
I'm not sure why Rodgers can't be upfront about this, which is a little annoying because I have no clue what he has to gain by being coy about it. But in an article written by Dr. David Chow, who writes a column for the San Diego Union Tribune, um, and we've cited on this show in the immediate aftermath of Rodgers' injury, he writes that 13 screws would be above average and could conceivably lengthen the time for recovery if that were the case. Now, if you heard all this this week and, and you know, got a little bit dejected and like, oh, no, Aaron Rodgers is never going to come back. Personally, I'm not too concerned. I'll reserve my judgment uh, for when those six weeks are up and Aaron Rodgers is eligible to at least practice again. If he's not out there at least throwing and practicing after six weeks, I won't have much hope then. Uh, And more so than that, the the immediate concern is, and (laughs) Andrew Sill said the same thing, The Packers have to start winning without Aaron Rodgers. They have to go at least 500 in the next six games to stay in contention for a playoff spot. Otherwise, it probably doesn't matter if and when Rodgers comes back at all. Um, uh, Unfortunately, for as much talk as there is this offseason about winning home field advantage in the playoffs, it's probably not going to happen this season. Uh, the Packers simply have to hope to qualify for the playoffs and, and then hope to catch lightning in a bottle like they did in 2010 when they won the Super Bowl and played every game on the road in the lead-up to the Super Bowl. Um, so uh, it is what it is for the time being. I, I wouldn't get any more dejected than you were before uh, this whole clip came out. But But for those of you that haven't seen the Clueless Gamer clip on Conan, Uh, on Thursday night, which is what they call it. Um, I I highly suggest you go and watch it. David Bakhtiari appears as well, and it's very funny with Conan poking fun at both of Rodgers and Bakhtiari. The clip is on YouTube, so go find it and watch it. Um, But as I mentioned before, the Green Bay Packers face a critical six-game stretch coming up. Uh, there's no use into splitting it up into quarters anymore or anything like that. This six-game stretch coming up after the bye is critical to the season if the Packers want to stay in playoff contention. And and it's it's critical for multiple reasons. Uh, The first is that we're now past the point where Brett Hundley is inexperienced. He saw his first extensive action against the Vikings two weeks ago. He made his first career start against the Saints last week in terms of NFL weeks here we're talking about. Uh, So those are now in the rearview mirror. Um, Brett Hundley, the coaching staff, has to take the reins off Brett Hundley. I real I I kind of understand that they tow a fine line like they did in this past Saints game. You don't want to give Brett Hundley as much freedom and as much on his plate as you do an Aaron Rodgers who's been a starter for a decade and a two-time MVP and Super Bowl MVP and all those good things. That would be a lot to ask in his first career start. But the the time is here 
where you've got to allow him to run the offense and push the ball down the field a couple times. I realize that you know he uh, is not going to be as good as as Aaron Rodgers in that department in that facet of his game. But the Packers just simply aren't going to win if they're not completing passes 10 yards downfield. And I'm not even talking about the deep shots that are 50 yards downfield. Uh, he, anybody can can do that if they want to. The, 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 those are almost, I mean, it's almost tougher to make the, the hard-thrown, you know, balls that are anywhere between 10 to 20 yards downfield. You got you got to complete several of those a game. If you hit one bomb every other game, you're lucky. Um, but if you have to complete several passes of 10 to 20 yards every game if you want to win, and those are not easy to complete. Um, so, I mean, Brett Hundley, the, the coaches have to expect more from Brett Hundley. They do have to put more on his plate. Um and Brett Hundley, it's going to be up to him to complete it because the the few times he has tried to, you know, drop back, make reads, push the ball down the field, he hasn't done a good job so far of doing this. So, I mean, we do have to expect more from Brett Hundley as well. Uh, but, I mean, that it starts now. You know, that no more excuses in that he's inexperienced and all that. If the Packers want to win, they, they have to put more on his plate. And, and Brett Hundley made strides, as, as small as they may be. Uh, I, I didn't expect much, certainly, when he came into the Vikings game. He threw three interceptions that I all thought were pretty bad. And, and the the step forward that he made in the next game, in the Saints game, is that he didn't make the big mistake. Uh, yeah, he threw the, the the deep ball that got intercepted. I almost forgive that in that, you know, it happened when the Packers were more than touchdown down and, and it was, you know, desperation time more or less. You know, he didn't sit there and he didn't have three interceptions again. Uh, so he, he made fewer mistakes, and, and that's a good sign. He didn't make very many plays, but he made fewer mistakes. Now is the time where he's got to make plays. So if he can take that next step, and if he can just make a play or two in this game, a big one, you know that's that's good. Then we'll start. You know, we'll build on that into getting multiple, you know, big plays a game out of him. But uh, it's big here. You know, the the second reason this six-game stretch coming up is so critical is the health of this team. And and they're going to be, after the bye week, pretty much as healthy as you can get, minus Aaron Rodgers. But, I, I mean, let's look at the positions here. It, it's going to be so big for, for so many key positions, uh, starting with the offensive line. Uh, at least Brian Balaga and David Bakhtiari were back for the Saints game. Uh, they both started the game before that, uh, but it, you know they they both suffered injuries there and had to come out, and then they were both back for the Saints game, which is good. But you can probably say maybe those two weren't 100% for the Saints game. Now, with two extra weeks on top of that to recover, 
they may be very near 100%. But on top of that, we're going to have probably have Lane Taylor back, who missed the Saints game entirely, his first game of the season that he's missed. So that'll be huge. And then on top of that, as we talked before, the Packers can activate one player off injured reserve, probably going to be Jason Spriggs. That's only going to help the depth of this team. If the Packers suffer another injury at tackle, he's going to hopefully be beyond his his hamstring injury that he dealt with in the preseason, and hopefully he's better there as well. On the defensive side of the football, outside linebacker, Ahmad Brooks has missed, what, the past two games, I think, with a back injury. Vince Beagle's been on the pup list the whole year so far. Now the Packers probably going to start having these guys available. Vince Beagle, uh, kind of unsure if he's going to be active in time for the next game. But at some point here in the very near future, they're going to activate him. And the Packers need these guys to be better than what Kyler Fackrell is. And I don't think that's too big of an ask. Yeah, Clay Matthews and Nick Perry, you want them out there a lot of the time. They're the big dogs. But they do have to rotate those guys out occasionally. And as long as the Packers can get better performance out of Brooks and Beagle than they got from Kyler Fackrell, that's a step in the right direction. Inside linebacker, you know, this past game, Jake Ryan had to come out. And basically, that left Blake Martinez as the only true inside linebacker the Packers had available to end the Saints game. But hopefully, Jake Ryan is over his migraines. And on top of that, Joe Thomas now will probably be back after he himself has missed several weeks uh, with an injury. So the depth that inside linebacker will be there. They're not going to be in a situation where they have, you know, relying on no experienced inside linebackers at all. Um, In the secondary, we just talked about it with Andrew Sill, Burnett, King, House. They were all injured at some point during the regular season and missed games. House in particular has basically been injured since training camp, and he's dealt with both quad and hamstring injuries this year. To have all those guys out there and be close to 100% all at the same time, it's going to help so much from the communication issues that we just talked about to having your best players on the field and having versatile guys like Morgan Burnett who can play safety, who can play linebacker, who can play slot cornerback and and really run the defense back there. So big and you know, a lot of people think you know, haha, Clint Dix has, has, you know, taken a step backwards this season. It's only going to help him to have his running make back there, know what they're doing, have these experienced guys back there. Hopefully that's the case. And then before, as we alluded to with Andrew Sill, Montrevious Adams. You know, I think back to the year the Packers won the Super Bowl, 2010. They had on their defensive line, their top three defensive line, They had Ryan Pickett and B.J. Raji. And remember, both those two in 2010, B.J. Raji, you know, slipped off later in his career. But 2010, he was a monster, right? And and so in addition to Ryan Pickett and B.J. Raji, they had Cullen Jenkins. That was a pretty darn good defensive line trio there. This year in 2017, 
The Packers have Kenny Clark and Mike Daniels, who are proving to be a very good duo, right? But they got nobody stepping up on, uh, you know, in addition to that. Dean Lowry's been out there, but he hasn't flashed anything, really. Maybe he has one flash a game where he'll pressure the quarterback, but but not get a sack or anything like that. Now, let's think about the guy who, who's been a healthy inactive for most of the season. Rookie Montrevious Adams. He He was active one week, I think it was week three, in which he played a handful of snaps, and we're talking like five or less. And he was probably only active that week because the Packers had no choice but to have him active because everybody else just simply wasn't going to play at all. Like, remember David Bakhtiari and Brian Balaga both sitting out, and they had all sorts of guys injured way back in week three. You know, like the whole seven-man inactive list was like guys who were just out, were not going to play at all. So Montrevious Adams was active. And understandably, you know, he suffered an injury early in training camp that's going to take time to recover from. But now, uh, in which he's he's healthy enough to play, but on top of it, having the bye week, having the two extra weeks to heal, he's got to be at the point now where he's got to be ready to step in and maybe be that third impact defensive lineman. It needs to be somebody if Dean Lowry's not going to show more than what he has already. And Quinton Dial's been okay, especially in run stopping. I wish a guy like Quinn Dial could get a sack or two over the course of the season. You need that from like your fourth, fifth defensive lineman. Not to be a huge sack guy, but just a little bit. That would really be big. So, I mean, all these guys should be getting near 100%. All these guys who have missed time this season... They're finally getting to the point this Packers team is, is going to be what I thought it would be, you know, with the exception of Aaron Rodgers. I was so excited at this point I because I just knew, you know, prior to the Aaron Rodgers injury, I'm like, wow, this team can finally get healthy and maybe live up to that potential, what I thought would be a team that could go 13-3 and this season with Aaron Rodgers starting. It's not looking like that, but... Maybe they can just be competitive and and be there in the running if and when Aaron Rodgers returns. That's the way I look at it. The day ahead. <clears throat> Pardon me. Um, all right. It, it's the bye week and most players are out of town and the coaches are, you know, watching film. And, and I don't have a whole lot uh, to, that I know is going to happen with the Green Bay Packers here coming up. Here's the one thing that I've kind of just figured out from watching social media. This Saturday, uh, Packers running back Aaron Jones, who's been such a breath of fresh air for the Green Bay Packers, and he's played so well and is receiving all these awards and all that, and being nominated for him for these weekly awards by the NFL. During his bye week, he's returned to his alma mater. In fact, if you follow him on Twitter, he made a stop at a pediatric unit at a hospital back in El Paso, Texas, where he went to college this week. He's made some media appearances. It's really cool. He's going back home, and he's kind of receiving a hero's welcome and all that, and he's you know reaching out to the community back there. All really cool stuff. Uh, on Saturday, uh, when his alma mater, UTEP, uh, plays their football game, 
Uh, Aaron Rod, eh, pardon me, Aaron Rod, Aaron Jones is expected to be in attendance, and UTEP is going to hand out a one thousand Aaron Jones bobbleheads for their game against Texas San Antonio uh, UTSA this Saturday night, uh, and that's really cool. So uh, Aaron Jones is expected to be in attendance at that game. That game is at seven p.m. on Saturday. Uh, I know there's a whole lot of more, uh, you know, college football games that probably have more importance uh, than a UTEP team who's pretty bad, with the exception of guard Will Hernandez. Uh, so maybe you want to check him out. But if you do, they play at 7 p.m., I believe, Central Time uh, on Saturday night. I think it's on Stadium, uh, which is kind of this new outlet you can watch games on that, you know, they... They have all sorts of local affiliates if you're watching over-the-air television all over the country. Uh, I know they're streaming, have streaming channels like on Pluto and stuff. Uh, If you're kind of a cord cutter and can check out games that way. Uh, So uh, check it out. Aaron Jones going back to his hometown. Uh, And I'm sure maybe several other Packers are going to their alma maters over this weekend too. I, I just don't know specifically who's going where. Um, but that's what I know. Uh, so anyway, we'll see you folks. Have a good weekend. That'll do it for today's episode of Railbird Central. No episode on Monday. There's no Packers game to digest. I'm going to take the day off, but we'll be back again next Wednesday, getting ready for the first post by game. And, uh, hopefully the Packers start winning again. Um, Railbird Central typically airs every Monday, Wednesday, Friday at 8.30 a.m. Central Time. That's a live edition show, podcasted and on demand later in the day. We'll see you later, folks. Uh, I leave you today with a song called Best Feeling by The String Cheese Incident and Keller Williams on Sci Fidelity Records. See you later, everyone. Go, pack, go. Go.